Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, today we're going to jump right into The Ultimate Fighter, Season 1, Episode 3. Um, okay, so we're going to break down how this, the show is going so far. Uh, so Dana White tells the coaches the fighters need to start making weight. Uh, basically, they're getting into the, you know, the fighting stages of the show. You know, the first two episodes, they were basically just uh, transitioning into, uh, you know, into their new teams, into the house where the fighters were staying at. And now they're going to start, you know, getting ready to, to fight each other in competition. So Dana tells Chuck uh, that his team is overweight. So, you know, Chuck Liddell has a bunch of big uh, light heavyweight fighters that are overweight. He tells him Sam is overweight. He tells him that Bobby Southworth is overweight. Uh, Dana tells the coaches the light heavyweight fighters will be fighting first. Uh, he tells them if they don't make weight, they don't fight and they will be eliminated. Uh, making weight is a crucial part of being an MMA fighter. Uh, many pro fighters cut over 30 pounds for a fight. So cutting weight is a very big part of being an MMA fighter. It's, it's a very brutal process. Uh, you'll see guys that fight at 155 pounds that, that really look like they're about 180 pounds or 185 pounds. You'll see guys that look ridiculously big for their weight class. That's part of the competition. That's part of the, you know, getting an advantage over your, your, your competitors and things like that. It's seeing who can cut the most weight sometimes. Uh, this is very common in wrestling as well. So you'll see a lot of wrestlers that cut weight to, you know, compete at a lower weight class. It's just part of the sport. It's, it's extremely unhealthy. Uh, you have to do it properly. A lot of times now they have nutritionists that work with, uh, you know, fighters and things like that. So they don't injure themselves. I mean, you can really damage your body. You, you put a lot of stress on your kidneys and your body and things like that. So it is dangerous. It's a brutal part of the sport, but unfortunately it is part of the sport. And there's been a lot of, you know, controversy over the subject for a very long time. Um, you know, they, they've done a lot of things with USADA, which is like basically the health organization that controls the MMA community and the UFC community. And uh, they've, they've implemented a lot of rules to prevent people from cutting serious weight. But it doesn't really work, to be honest with you. A lot of these guys still cut a tremendous amount of weight. Uh, for an example, this would be they've implemented a rule that you can't use an IV to rehydrate. So a lot of times guys would cut a lot of weight and they would rehydrate with, a, with an IV shortly after making weight. And they will put an IV in their veins, you know, fill with water and saline and just rehydrate themselves immediately after, you know, weighing in, after putting their body through a tremendous amount of stress. <clears throat> you know, Dana tells the coaches specifically, Chuck, uh, he, he specifically tells Chuck to help the fighters lose weight and show them how to cut weight because many of them uh, don't know how to cut weight. Uh, Dana White tells the coaches in the meeting that they're not being... Uh, they're not being paid for their fights. I thought this was kind of obvious, and I'm not sure why he said that. <clears throat> At the end of the meeting, Chuck smirks and tells Dana they will they will make weight. So, you know, Chuck Liddell, he's going to be the tough guy here. He's going to make sure his teammates make weight, of course. And I think it's kind of funny that Dana White said, you know, these guys don't know how to make weight because this is still an early stage in the MMA community. Like, this is very early on in the UFC. A, a lot of these guys, you know, back then, you know, probably were cutting weight in a very unhealthy way. They didn't know how to make, you know, how to cut weight in a, in a healthy way. You know, now in 2021, uh, they have a lot of nutritionists that work with these, you know, these fighters. And to be honest with you, even if you work with a nutritionist, even if you have the right levels of sodium in your body, the right types of vitamins and minerals and things like that, I, I still imagine that it's, it's still very bad for your body. It still puts your body under a tremendous amount of stress. I, I still believe that it's probably not good for you to cut weight, you know, regardless of whether you work with a nutritionist or not. I think that it's probably not good to put your body through extreme stress. But at least if you work with a nutritionist, you know, you won't die, hopefully, or you won't, you know, you won't have a seizure or something like that, or you won't have kidney failure. So it's a little bit safer nowadays, but it's still dangerous.
but when the show's first starting off, I mean, this show, I believe, is around 2001 or 2002 or something like that. I mean, they didn't have the the knowledge that they have now, you know, 15 years later, 15 plus years later. So I'm not really sure if they're doing it the proper way, but, you know, that's just how the sport goes. You can already tell Chuck is going to push these guys like hell to make weight and lose weight. Randy says his team is extremely excited to fight. He says they're not concerned about winning or losing. They're happy to fight. Winning the fights will give Randy's team an opportunity to even the scorecards because two of their fighters have been sent home, while zero of Chuck's fighters have been sent home. It is important to love what you do for a living, and it is a good sign that Randy's team is fired up to fight. So yeah, his team is pretty motivated right now, so it's a good sign. It's a good sign that they're ready to fight. Uh, Nathan Quarry says something funny while being interviewed on this episode. He says his team didn't come here to, to lift logs. They came here to fight. That's exactly how I felt when I gave my two cents on the log challenge in the last episode. Um, for, the, for those of you that are just tuning in, in the last episode, the fighters had to uh, cut apart a log and reassemble uh, the log in a race between both teams. And the losing team would have one of their fighters eliminated from their team. Um, you know, I, I personally thought this was kind of silly. I mean, like they're here to fight. Not only that, but, you know, my criticism of, of a lot of these uh, team elimination challenges that they have on the show is that, um, you know, it, it's 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 a it's an injury risk factor. You know what I mean? A lot of these guys can get injured in these competitions that they're doing these team elimination challenges. I mean, you have a bunch of grown men using a saw to cut apart a, a giant log. And, um, you know, as far as I know, these guys haven't, you know, worked for a log company or things like that. So they're at risk of cutting their fingers with these saws or, or cutting themselves or, or just pulling a, you know, a muscle or, or a tendon or something, lifting this gigantic log. And then if they, if they get injured, they're out of the competition. So, you know, they're worried about injuries, but yet they have these guys doing these, these crazy competitions. But I understand it's to make the show interesting. It's, it's, you know, to make the show get more viewers and things like that. But I, I thought that was pretty funny that he said that because that's exactly how I felt. You know, my criticism was that this wasn't fair to the fighter being eliminated because they came there to fight, not saw logs. I also didn't like the competition because it put them at risk for injury, cutting through a thick log with the saw as fast as they can to win a race. Uh, there already have been injuries to fighters such as Nathan and Stefan Bonner in training. Uh, Loden says it feels like it's Christmas right now that they are fighting. Uh, Loden also says he is confident all of his uh, light heavyweight fighters on his team will make weight because they are the light he they are the lighter heavyweights of the two teams on the show, as Dana has said. So Randy Couture's team essentially has the lighter, uh, light heavyweight fighters. You know, the guys on Chuck Liddell's team that are light heavyweight fighters, they're a little bit bigger and they look like they're overweight. And I think they are overweight. So that's the difference between the two teams is, is you know, Randy Couture's light heavyweights might have a little bit of an advantage because they have to cut less weight. So, I mean, we'll see how it pans out. It doesn't always work like that. I mean, we see fighters that cut a tremendous amount of weight and they still come in the fight and they do excellent. So it doesn't necessarily translate to the performance of the fighter in the ring, but, you know, it can have a, it can be a, a, a pending factor as well. So we'll see. <clears throat> he steps on the scale to show how easily he can make 205. <clears throat> Chuck says he is concerned about his fighters making weight because he has actual heavyweights, meaning his teammates are actually the size of real light heavyweights, while Randy's light heavyweight fighters are more on the small side and, and small for their division. So <clears throat> I, I think I just confused myself a little bit. I think what Dana White is saying is that, you know, Chuck Liddell's team has fighters that are about, you know, light heavyweight size. It might even be in the heavyweight division. And that's what they're fighting at. You know, they're cutting weight to make light heavyweight of 205. Whereas, you know, Brandy's light heavyweights are a little bit on the small side. They could actually make the middleweight division because they're smaller than 205 pounds. 
you know, Chuck assertively tells his teammates to stop eating shit. <laughs> Bobby Southworth weighs 230 and must weigh in at 205. So that, that that's a tremendous weight cut, 25 pounds. That's a lot of weight. Uh, I mean, he's a big guy. So, you know, maybe that weight will come off easily, but but maybe not because it's not like these guys are like super fat or something like that. I mean, you have to remember too, when these guys cut weight, it's just water weight. It's not really fat weight. I mean, you can't cut, you can't actually lose, you know, body fat like that in, in a couple of days. I mean, you're literally just sweating out water. So it, it's extremely unhealthy. Put your kidneys through a lot of stress. You're dehydrating yourself. It's probably one of the worst aspects of MMA, to be honest with you. It's the worst part of the sport. It's a, it's a part of the sport that gets probably the most criticism. Um... So yeah, he's got to cut 25 pounds in a couple of days, and that's that's tremendous. You know, Bobby. So he weighs 230. He must weigh in at 205. Uh, Forrest Griffin talks about how losing weight is stressful because you can't eat what you want. Dana White emphasizes how these guys need to be disciplined and be in shape if they want to make weight. So yeah, I mean, I, I agree with Dana White too because if you can't make weight on this show, what makes you think you're gonna, makes you think you're going to have a successful career as an MMA fighter if you can't even make weight on a show? Well, you're fighting for opportunity for a six-figure contract. You know what I mean? Um, if you can't make weight on the show, being around professional coaches, a professional coaching staff, and you know, trained fighters and things like that, if you can't make weight in this type of environment, how are you going to make weight outside of this environment? With the, you know, plus you have the the pressure of the cameras cameras in front of you. You have millions of people that are watching the show at home. So there's more pressure in this situation. You know, you don't want to embarrass yourself on national TV. But if, if you can't make, you know, if you can't make that weight with the pressure of being on national TV and things like that, you're certainly not going to be able to do that in the comfort of your own home or when there's not cameras around you, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? There's a lot more pressure in this situation. So if you can't make weight in a situation where you're, you're willing to embarrass yourself in front of millions of people on camera, you're definitely not going to make weight in the comfort of your own home and your own lifestyle where there's not cameras following you 24-7, where you're not really embarrassing yourself in front of everybody, if that makes sense. You do have to be disciplined. And cutting weight is a huge part of the fight. Uh, you can't be a champion fighter if you don't make weight. If you don't make weight and you're a champion fighter, it makes you look unprofessional. It's embarrassing. And um, the UFC doesn't like that as well. You can't make weight for your fights. You know, there's a good chance you might be cut. And it just shows a lack of discipline. They have to monitor what they eat. Uh, Dana White talks about how these guys have it difficult because they have access to all types of food in the house. Yeah, that's another thing that's really silly about the show. So on the previous episodes, I was criticizing the show a lot because, I mean, they had access to all types of alcohol on the show. And we've already had, you know, problems with Chris Lieben drinking alcohol on the show. We've already had problems with Loden drinking alcohol on the show. Uh, alcohol dehydrates your muscles. It, it, it makes you put on less of a performance when you're, you know, engaging in athletic act activities and, and lifting weights and exercising and training and things like that because you're dehyd dehydrating your muscles. You're, um, you know, you're, you're, you're having symptoms of hangovers and things like that. And it's just very unprofessional for a bunch of guys that are training for a six-figure contract to be sitting around drinking alcohol in the house. So that's one thing I don't like about the show already. So these guys can't even use the phone, supposedly. They can't even make contact with their family, supposedly. You know, they're not allowed to leave the house, supposedly. They're, they're, they're stuck in this house with 16 other fighters, or 15 other fighters, I should say. And, um, you know, they're, they're in a tremendously stressful environment, yet they have access to alcohol, which makes their performance, you know, worse in the ring. Uh, it, it could encourage, you know, you know, fighting between teammates. And then on top of that, they have access to all types of food. They have access to like donuts and cakes and chocolate and sugar. I, I don't like that either, because if they really wanted to maintain a professional atmosphere, why would they give these guys access to all these unhealthy foods and things like that? And if they know they have to make weight, why would they give them access to all these unhealthy foods? I don't I don't like that either. I, I would rather them 
you know, have their food catered by like a professional, you know, athletic company that, you know, produces lean, healthy meals and things like that. That, that. that doesn't make any sense at all to me why they have access to all these unhealthy foods on the show, too. So that's really silly to me as well. You know, in the previous episode, Stefan was getting mad at Diego Sanchez because he was eating all the foods. Now Dana is saying there is a surplus of food. So you, you can sort of see the bullshit on the show. Uh, they, they do a lot of things on the show for the cameras to create drama, to make the show interesting. So they're, they're starting to contradict themselves a little bit on the show. So in the last show, you know, they're literally fighting over asparagus heads. Like, you know, if you know anything about asparagus, it's, it's a vegetable. It's not going to fill you up. It's not, you know, packed with a lot of nutrients. It's not packed with a lot of carbohydrates or something that's going to fill you up. That's something you would have as a side dish. It's a, you know, it's a vegetable. It's a, you know, so now, now all of a sudden on this next episode, you know, there's a surplus of food and there's chocolate cakes everywhere and this, that, and a third. So, you know, which one is it? Are they fighting over food or is there a surplus of food? So it, it doesn't really make sense. A lot of stuff, you know, you can sort of see where it's not adding up on this show. Now the camera shows a scene where the fighters are cooking New York steaks and apple pie and cake. This looks very staged and for the camera. Also, if this is true, why would the UFC supply unhealthy foods and alcohol to the fighters on the show if they're literally training for a fight, like I just said earlier? The fighters supposedly aren't allowed to you know, take phone calls, have cell phone calls, leave the property, but they have access to alcohol and unhealthy foods for free. Also, Chris Levin left the property last episode and nobody said anything to him. Many things on the show seem staged in for the cameras. So, yeah, that's another thing that's interesting, too, right? Supposedly, they have this super strict rule where you can't leave the house, you know, no matter what the circumstances are. You have to stay on the property. But yet, Chris Lieben on the show, he, you know, he jumps off the property. He goes, you know, he walks down the street or something to get access to a payphone to make a phone call, which is another thing you're not supposed to do on the show. But he's, he's breaking the rules already. So there's a lot of things on the show that aren't really adding up. And I think they do a lot of things to try to make the show more interesting. You know, they want these guys being under a tremendous amount of pressure. They don't want them talking to their families. So they're all bottled up in this house. And they just have all these emotions coming out. So it makes better TV. You know what I mean? It makes better reality TV. It makes, it makes the show more juicy. It makes more tension. It makes more arguments, more fights in the house. They're, they're trying to create a cooker pressure, essentially. You know, that's part of the reason why they have the alcohol in the house as well. So, so they do a lot of things that are kind of dirty on the show to set up the fighters. I think the fighters are eating cake and apple pie to tease the light heavyweights who have to make weight. So I, I think that was the purpose of them, you know, showing the, the, the apple pies and the New York steaks. I think they're just trying to tease the light heavyweights that have to make weight. I think they're, you know, they're trying to make good TV. You know, the camera's focused on these big juicy New York steaks and the apple pie. They're, they're trying to, you know, make the show, you know, more humorous, I guess. Like, aha, look at me. I'm eating these, these big juicy steaks and you have to make weight. You have to lose 25 pounds for your fight coming up. No, I, I think this was supposed to be for humor. The fighters are complaining about not getting paid for their fight. Personally, I think they have an opportunity of a lifetime promoting a sport at a, at a time where it is just starting to grow. Uh, they're getting free coverage. They may be getting paid for their airtime. They're getting free promotion of themselves as fighters on the shows. They're getting world-class training from experts on the show. They're eating and sleeping somewhere for free. They're getting free medical coverage for injuries, I assume. And um, So basically the point of that was the fighters are they're complaining because they're finding out that their, their fights on the show are not going to be paid for. So, I mean, but like, of course, they're not going to be paid for the whole point of the show is to see who's going to be left standing. And, you know, they're still getting uh, my, my assumption is they're still getting paid for their for their airtime on TV. I think every time, you know, you spend time on TV, you get a certain percentage of that money. I don't think you can be on TV for an extended period of time and not receive some type of check for being on TV. I don't, I don't know how that works in the contract. You know, I've never been on TV before, but I find it very hard to believe that you can be on a show on a TV show that's on you know national television 
all around the world and you're not receiving some type of compensation or some type of pay. So I, I don't believe that. Plus, like I said, these guys are getting to eat for free. They're getting exposure. You know, there's 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 MMA organizations all over the world that are probably watching the show and, and looking for fighters that they're interested in if they don't make it in the UFC. Um, it helps boost their career, their image and things like that. And also, too, being a fighter, it's not all about, um, you know, you know, winning fights. It's also about, you know, selling seats and selling tickets. So they're looking for people with personality. That's why you see a lot of these fighters acting kind of cocky or showing off on the show or putting on, you know, a certain type of personality. They're trying to make a name for themselves in the business because there's a lot more to business than just, uh, you know, being a fighter. You have to have some type of personality. We see that a lot. You know, fighters will win fights. And, uh, you know, their personality isn't very exciting. So the UFC doesn't promote them. They don't put money into their promotions. They get paid less. Sometimes they get cut from the organization. So it, it's a, it's more than just fighting. It, it's a it's an entertainment organization. You know, it's it's a it's an entertainment business as well. So it's it's a whole package. And, and these guys really shouldn't be complaining about not getting paid because, you know, they have opportunity of a lifetime. And I, I guarantee you there's a lot of, you know, fruitful blessings from just being on this show. And like I said earlier, I hate to keep repeating myself, but I think a lot of these scenes and conversations are just to make coverage for the camera. So at this point, when I was watching the show, this is when I started to realize there was a lot of things on the show that weren't adding up. You know what I mean? Like, this is the point where I started saying, okay, a lot of the stuff is for show. They're starting to contradict themselves about certain things. And this is the point where I started getting a little bit more suspicious about the show. I don't think any of these fighters will complain about that, but who knows? So, so that's the other thing, too. They're complaining about this on camera. And um, I, I find that kind of hard to believe, too, that these guys would complain on camera like that, knowing that, you know, all the coaches, you know, everybody's going to see this episode. Dana White's going to see this episode. So I, I think that might have been for show as well. But who knows? These guys are under a lot of stress. And maybe there, you know, there's some type of agreement where they can say whatever they want on camera. And it won't, you know, it won't, you know, Dana White won't take it personally or something like that. So I, I don't really know how that works. There's a lot of things these guys say to the camera that just seem a little bit staged. That's what I'm getting at. The fighters on Couture's team, specifically Nathan and Lieben and Alex, are the ones complaining. They're saying they're not getting paid to fight and they're risking injury. People get injured in training all the time, as we have seen on this previous episode. Bonner and Nathan being injured as a fighter, uh, you know, you train and you get injured for free. And oftentimes you even pay an expensive gym membership. So sometimes you're paying a gym to risk getting injured. So that's kind of the name of the game is injury. You know what I mean? You're, you're training to be a professional fighter. You're training to get punched in the face, to take damage, to get physically injured, to inflict physical damage on your opponent as well. So, you know, that's, that's the whole name of the game is injury. You know what I mean? Like I said, on the previous episode, a lot of these guys fight when they're not even in full health. So injury is a part of the game. For them to be, for them to be complaining and saying, "Oh, I might get injured during the fight, and I'm not getting paid for this fight," boohoo! I mean, you're living at a house for free, you're on national TV. You know, I'm assuming that they're going to pay for all your medical expenses on the show. So them complaining about this is, is just really silly to me. I wonder if it's for the cameras or who knows. You know what I mean? But at the same time, they do have the right to be upset about that because they're putting their bodies on the line, they're putting their physical health on the line. But then again, you put your physical health on the line all the time when you sign up to fight, when you're training in practice, when you're going to the gym, you're training and you get submitted in practice or you tear a limb or something like that, or you tear your ACL or you sprain your ankle or, or you know, you break your nose in sparring or something like that. So these guys are already putting their bodies at risk just by training to be a fighter. So, I mean, it goes both ways, I guess. And technically, I'm sure they're being paid to be on the TV. So... They sort of are being paid, you know what I mean? So, plus, none of these fighters are, are high-paid professional fighters with a contract yet. So, 
the reward really outweighs the risk. So yeah, n none of these guys are, you know, quote unquote, real professional fighters yet. Like they might've had, you know, professional fights where they got paid a little bit amount of money in a, in a low level organization or something like that. Or, or a lot of these guys are probably amateur fighters too. And they probably have never had a professional fight. So none of these guys have made it to the big leagues yet. So they've never really received a real paycheck from a fight yet. And if they have, they wouldn't have been on this show. You know what I mean? So these guys are still struggling to reach the next, you know, point of their career essentially so they, they really shouldn't be complaining about this you know being a fighter in general comes with great risk and injury chris lieben was telling mike swick last episode that he would fight him for free anytime anywhere any place for free so he's contradicting himself right there you know what i mean yeah chris lieben was sitting here saying oh i'm gonna fight you know i'll, I'll fight uh mike swick in the backyard right now if i wanted to and now all of a sudden he's complaining about oh i'm not getting paid to fight i'm putting my risk i'm putting my body at risk but on the last episode, he was literally saying, oh, we can fight in the backyard if you want. So he's contradicting himself. A lot of these guys are complaining. They're under a lot of stress. They're away from their families. There's cameras there. So they're going to say certain things to get attention for the cameras. So it's hard to tell what's real and what's not. So to be fair, these are fighters. They are paid professional fighters in the past. They did get paid for their fights, like Chris Lieben versus Mike Swig. They are, you know, so they're used to getting paid for the fights. So... I'm just trying to present all the different points of the argument here. So, I mean, from from their perspective, they probably are getting paid for their fights, but they're not, you know, they're obviously, they're not at a point where they can, you know, really blossom or make it to the next level of their career. So I guess they do have a right to be upset about that, but then again, they don't because they're getting, you know, free national TV coverage. So I just try to look at all the arguments, all the conflicts on the show from from all perspectives. All the fighters from both teams getting called to the gym for a meeting on short, or on short notice. All the fighters get called to the gym for a meeting on short notice. Uh, Dana White chews out the fighters, asking them if they want to be here. Uh, he tells them how blessed they are to have this opportunity to fight. He asks if anybody wants to leave. He basically says all these things that I just said earlier. He then leaves the gym meeting and dismisses it. So, you know, that's the other thing that's silly, too. Like, everything that they're saying on camera... You know, Dana White can see it. He's part of the production company as well. You know, he's part of the show. He's he's invested into this show. So whatever they say on camera, they're they're gonna be able to, you know, Dana White's gonna see it on camera. He gets to review all of the all the show episodes before it airs, I'm sure. So whatever they say to the cameras, it's gonna get back to Dana White. So the whole situation is, is kind of tacky in itself. And he basically, you know, has a team meeting and says, Look, guys, do you guys really want to be here or not? You guys are complaining about all this stuff. Do you really want to be here? Are you invested in this? You know, this is an opportunity of a lifetime. Why are you complaining? And I agree 100% with Dana White. It's just the whole thing is silly. You know, the fighters say that the speech pumped them up and motivated them to fight. The next team challenge, the fighters must pull themselves on a rope in a kayak in a desert with no water. They put a 10-pound weight in a bucket, and one and one at a time, they carry the, the weight to the finish line. So they're basically pulling themselves in a kayak, you know, in a desert area where there's no water. And they have to move a 10-pound weight in a bucket one at a time to the next uh, to the next obstacle course. Uh, the winner will be safe from fighting this week, and the loser will pick the opponent to, to fight next week. Uh, this is silly to me because as a fighter, you should want to compete in, in a fight. So that's the other thing. There's no really real, there's no real risk or reward to the situation of being a fighter or, or winning a team competition, I should say. There's no real risk or reward in any of these situations. I mean, if you win the competition, okay, you get to choose who, who you fight next. But there's no real cash reward. There's no real you know prize reward. And even if your team gets to choose who, who gets to fight who next... I mean, you know, what, what, what's the benefit of that situation? They, they might lose that fight. Your team might end up losing that challenge. 
So th there's no real risk or reward to the show, uh, you know, when it comes to the fights and things like that, or who, who which team wins the, the team challenges, you know what I mean? That, that's one of my criticisms of the show. But that being said, the last couple of challenges, the, the losing team got their fighters sent home. So I, I guess that was a big deal. But as the show goes on, you'll, you'll see the winners of the team challenges, they get to choose the fights. And that's the only real advantage. I feel like they can make it a little bit more exciting. They could throw some prizes in there. They could throw some things in there to make it a little bit more exciting because you, you, you'll see as the show pans out, there's no real reward of your team winning the challenges. There's no real you know, definite reward. You know what I mean? I think maybe there should be something more exciting. Maybe they get to go, you know, visit some place or they get to, you know, go to a fancy restaurant or something like that. There's no real reward to winning the challenges on the show. You'll, you'll see what I mean as time goes on. This is silly to me because as a fighter, you should want to compete and fight. I know I'm very critical of the show, and I understand this is the first season of a new show, and I understand that they're experimenting and finding new ways to make the show more exciting, but I'm always going to give my honest feedback to my listeners. You know, Alex wins the competition, and Swick teases him saying he has never seen him uh, move that fast in his life, you know, in the last two weeks, so he clearly doesn't want to fight, so that, that's kind of his joke. He wins the competition, so whoever wins the competition, they're free from fighting next week. And Alex, you know, he hauls ass in this competition. He beats everybody. So Mike Wick, Mike Swick is, like, teasing him, basically saying, oh, you know, I've never seen you move so fast in the last two weeks of this whole show. So obviously he doesn't want to be there. That, that's what he's he's uh, he's concluding. But that might not be true. He just might just be trying to win the competition because he's a competitive person. But, you know, whatever. Loading comes in the competition second to last. Uh, Bobby finishes the competition last. Since Bobby lost... Uh, he has one day to cut weight for the fight. That's crazy. So he has one day to cut 25 pounds. That's insane. Could you imagine having one day to cut 25 pounds? To, not not just, we're not talking about fat. We're not talking about body fat. We're talking about water weight. He's got to cut 25 pounds of water weight. Can you imagine, you know, pulling 25 pounds of water out of your body in, in 24 hours? You would be so sick, so physically, you know, hurt from that situation. That That's insane to me. If he can't make weight, he'll be sent home. This is fair because it is the fighter's responsibility to prove that they can be disciplined and responsible and be ready to fight at all times. So to be fair to the UFC and the organization, these guys knew ahead of time. Well, that's the thing, too. I don't really know how much time they had before they could prepare to come on the show. A lot of these guys on the show, they didn't seem like they were prepared. You know what I mean? Physically, a lot of them. Especially, you know, particularly Bobby Southworth. He, didn't, he seemed like he was out of shape when he came on the show. So I'm not really sure how much time they had to prepare to come on the show. I don't know if they got like a week's notice or a couple days notice or things like that. But I mean, to be fair, they did know coming into the show, you know, what weight class they were competing at, I assume. And they, they knew the, the amount of weight they had to cut. So, I mean, it should have been in the back of their mind throughout this whole process. So it, it is fair, but also I don't know all the circumstances. I don't know all the, all the situations behind, you know, the, the whole you know situation itself. I don't know everything that was going on. So I, I don't really know. Making weight is a big part of being a fighter. Chuck was frustrated with Bobby pausing and stopping in the competition, resting his hands on his knees. He may be fatigued from trying to cut weight, and that may be the purpose of the challenge to eliminate or pick fight the fighters that are struggling to make weight to the fight um, to see if they're able to make the weight. This eliminates the weak links on the show, and they can't make weight. They shouldn't be allowed to fight. As a professional fighter, especially when you are early in your career, you should be able to make weight fast to take fights on short notice. If somebody gets injured, uh, fighters have to show they want to fight and fight frequently to make a name for themselves. So they must be able to make weight. Um, Bobby complained to Dana in the meeting, and he also complained after this challenge. 
Bobby looks like the the weak link right now. And my guess is he may be the next to be eliminated. So right now, Bobby looks like the weak link. I, I failed to mention that earlier, but he was complaining in the team meeting when Dana White was saying, do you guys have any complaint? Does, does anybody want to be sent home? Uh, he, he was the only one that actually talked back to Dana White in the whole meeting. So Bobby Southworth is a little bit mouthy, you know what I mean? And now he's in this competition. Uh, he's he's already you know he's already fatigued in this competition. He finishes last in this competition. You know my guess, of course, is he's probably training his body to lose weight now because he realizes, oh shit, I have to fight and lose twenty five pounds. So I need to start, you know, cutting back on what I eat and start losing weight and things like that. So th that's my guess. He's probably already putting his body through the you know the, the preparations to lose twenty five pounds, whether it's a little bit of body fat or if it's a lot of water weight. He, he's putting his body through preparations right now. But he's, he's looking fatigued. He looks like the weak link right now. So my guess is he's going he's gonna to be the next one to be eliminated. And, you know, Chuck Liddell looks a little bit frustrated with him as well because, you know, Chuck Liddell's a competitive guy. He doesn't want to see his team lose. And, you know, Bobby Southworth is taking his time in this challenge, and he's, he, he's, you know, he's looking weak out there. So I don't know if he can make the weight. They tell him to start working out when he gets back to the gym, and he says, I'm not going to fucking kill myself. So he's, he's really mouthy. He's mouthing off to these guys. Can you imagine telling Chuck Liddell, I'm, I'm not going to fucking kill myself or telling Dana White that. I mean, he's mouthy, you know what I mean? Uh, this turns off his coach, Chuck, of course, and it shows weakness. Uh, Chuck tells Dana there are college wrestlers who practically cut their balls off to make weight. They are definitely not impressed with Bobby's uh, – they're definitely not impressed with Bobby. So, I mean, that's another thing, too. Like, th this is the culture of being a fighter or being a wrestler or being any type of combat sport, you know, expert or something like that. You're expected to make weight for competition. So, you know, Chuck Liddell's not impressed with that. If anybody who's wrestled in high school or in college, they, you know that a lot of these guys, they put their bodies through hell. They have to cut a lot of weight. Uh, they, you know, they sweat themselves out. Uh, they look miserable when they're making weight. A lot of these guys look underweight. They look unhealthy. They put their bodies through a tremendous amount of stress. So if you're in this type of culture and, you know, and you're in the fighting culture and things like that and you're you're complaining about making weight, it's not going to impress, you know, a world-class fighter like Chuck Liddell who wrestled in college and, you know, had to make weight his whole life. Chuck's team and Bobby decide who they want him to, to fight. So, so they get to choose. I guess that's the only positive side, even though... You know, Bobby Southworth, even though he was last in the competition, they still get to pick who he wants to fight next. So that, that's kind of interesting. Even though they lost the challenge, they still get to choose the next fighter for Bobby Southworth. Uh, they think he will choose Stefan because Stefan previously had that cut on his head, and they think he will bleed easily. Honestly, it should be very easy for Bobby to decide who he wants to fight. They have all been on the show for 14 days. They have all trained together. Uh, even before they got separated by teams, they all trained together. So they've been on the show for 14 days. Um, they, they've all seen what people's strength and, strengths and weaknesses are. And, um, you know, for the most part, people are going to show their strengths and weaknesses on the show. There's no, you know, real secrets to martial arts. I mean, it's, it's kind of like practice makes perfection. Uh, if, if you don't practice really hard, you know, what you do in practice, you're not going to do that in the ring. So it's not like these guys have some secret, you know, surprise attacks. And even if you did, if, if you don't practice your, your, your special, you know, techniques and things like that and practice, it's not going to look good in the ring. So that's one thing that's kind of interesting about fighting. You know very soon what people's, you know, expertises are and what their weaknesses are and things like that. So he's had 14 days of training with all these guys. He should be able to pick out a good opponent for himself, you know, figure out who's the better uh, wrestler, who's the better striker, who he thinks he can take down, who he thinks he can knock out and things like that. So he should have a good idea of who he wants to fight by now. They have all lived in the same house 
you know, and the word will travel fast about each fighter's strength and weaknesses. So you got to remember, there's no TVs on the show. There's no, uh, you know, they're not allowed to make contact with the outside world, supposedly. You know, they're not allowed to take phone calls from their, their, their wives and their kids and things like that. Supposedly, like I said, I don't know what goes on when the cameras are off. Um, you know, they're all isolated on the show. So they're, you got to imagine, they're probably extremely bored. They probably all gossip about each other. You know, I, I got this guy with a jab in practice today. You know, this guy, he, he doesn't have a good right hand. Or, you know, this guy, he likes to, sh- he likes to fight southpaw. You know, th- this guy, he, he, uh, he throws bad leg kicks. I'm, I'm sure they all gossip about each other. They're all very competitive. So they should have a lot of information about, you know, everybody's strengths and weaknesses by now. Some of these guys have even fought previously, like Mike Swick and Chris Levin, so they know each other's strengths and weaknesses. So yeah, even Chris Levin and, and, and Mike Swick, they fought each other before they even came on the show. So some of these fighters actually really do know their strengths and weaknesses of each other. They've already fought each other. So there was even tapes of these guys fighting like Mike Swick and Levin to study. So yeah, even then, that being said, Mike Mike Swick and probably uh, Chris Levin, they've probably seen the, the tapes of each other fighting multiple times before. So you know, they have a lot of information about each other if those two fight each other. The coaches can also help them to make uh, stylistic matchups because the coaches look for strength and weaknesses in each fighter when they chose the fighters for the team. Bobby chooses to fight Loden. The show uh, did do a good job of not showing all the fighters' skill sets, so the fans have to guess who is going to win. So, yeah, they, they don't really show a lot of the training, which is pretty cool. I actually do respect that now as a fan of the show. Because you don't really, you know, you don't want to see all the fighters, you know, training. Because then, you know, there's there's no hype for the fight, you know what I mean? You know who's the better wrestler, you know who's the better striker, you know what techniques are going to be displayed in the fight. So it, it does keep the, the curiosity alive. That They don't really focus too much on the actual training. They focus more on the drama and, you know, things like that. And all, all the stuff that goes on in the house and the injuries and things like that. And basically, basically the drama, it's, it's a reality TV show. So they focus more on the drama than the actual training. They didn't show extensive clips of the fighters training, just short clips, so we have to guess who is going to win. Josh Koscheck says they picked him because he was the weaker of the three other light heavyweights, obviously, but also because of his uh, struggle with alcohol, they believe may be a factor in the fight. Oh, so Loden was the one who was drinking. Um, you know, they obviously they picked Loden for a reason. You you know, in this competition, you want to you want to single out the weakest fighters. You want to eliminate the weakest fighters earlier in competition. So that's kind of how it works. That, that's the strategy that both teams really show, especially in this first season. So obviously they picked Loden for a reason. They probably believe that he's the weakest uh, light heavyweight out of all the other fighters on um, Team Couture. And also he had a problem with alcohol. So there's a lot of reasons why they may have chose Loden to fight um, Bobby Southworth. Loden says he doesn't have a house or a car or a job, so he has to make something happen. Yeah, so a lot of these guys on the show, they sacrificed a lot to be on the show. They sacrificed blood, sweat, and tears. A lot of these guys, you know, gave up their jobs. They were homeless. You know, they don't have insurance. You know, I mean, they, they gave up a lot of stuff to be on the show. So I do respect the guys who who took the risk with their life to pursue their dream. And I really do respect that. As long as they're not leaving their kids starving or things like that, I respect that. You know what I mean? Chuck explains that cutting weight is different than losing weight in the same sense that you're just losing water weight from sweating when you cut weight. That, that's what I was explaining earlier. These guys are mostly just cutting uh, water weight. It takes a lot more time to lose actual body fat than to lose water weight. You can lose water weight in a few hours, even less. Bobby has to cut 20 pounds in 24 hours, which is insane. Bobby gets in the sauna, puts plastic plastic sweats on, sweats. He rides the bike in the sauna for an hour. So, And they put an actual workout bike in the sauna. So 
not only are you sweating from from working out from the from the bicycle but you're also sweating from the sauna which is you know helping you you know sweat out a lot of water weight so it's it's just like double punishment for your body chuck and josh push bobby to stay in the sauna for another 10 minutes bobby pleads with them that he can't but they push him to stay in there Bobby flicks off the camera and Chuck literally has to hold the door shut for Bobby to stay in the sauna. So th th that's the other thing about the show. I, I had a lot of criticism for the guys that cut weight, you know, especially Bobby Southworth. I was like, oh man, this guy's complaining the whole time he's waking, the whole time he's making weight, he's, compl he's complaining. But, you know, you have to put yourselves in their shoes. You know, cutting 20 pounds, I imagine, is very, very, very difficult. I've never cut 20 pounds before. You know, I did a couple wrestling tournaments when I was in middle school. I maybe had to cut 10 pounds at most. And that was no big deal. But once you start getting up to about 20 pounds, it's very, very difficult. It's very, you know, it's very stressful on your body. So I did have a lot of criticism for Bobby Southworth. But now that I'm looking back on the situation, who wants to cut 20 pounds? You know what I mean? So it is very brutal. I imagine it's very hard on your body. So I try to put myself in their shoes a little bit as well. Uh, you know, Bobby's showing a lot of mental weakness. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if he wins this fight or even makes weight for that matter. Uh, Loaded, on the other hand, looks like he's in a great he's in great spirits. Even Bobby makes the weight. Uh, even if Bobby does make the weight, he's going to be uh, so physically and mentally drained he might not do well in the fight. So that happens sometimes. A lot of these guys they cut a tremendous amount of weight, and even when you you know you drink your water and you rehydrate yourself, your body still you know went through a lot of a lot of punishment and things like that. And sometimes it does translate into the fight. And we see guys that look very weak in the fight because they had to cut a lot of weight. You know, Loden, on the other hand, he looks like he's in good spirits. He looks happy to be there. So we'll see how this plays out in the fight. You know, Loden continues to be goofy and doing half-naked poses and clowning the other guy. So so Loden is kind of a, he's kind of a strange character. I don't know if it's because of the cameras or if he's just a weird guy in general. But, I mean, he's literally, you know, strip-teasing in a house full of guys. It's, it's, it's kind of strange. You know, it's a little bit funny, you know, at first. But the fact that he keeps doing it is, is a little bit creepy. And it definitely would make me uncomfortable, you know what I mean? I, I wouldn't want to be around that guy. Bobby crawls out of the sauna, not even able to get up. They give him small breaks and keep pushing him to stay in the sauna for another 10 minutes at a time. For the next hour, Bobby continues to dehydrate himself and exercise. Bobby uh, is four pounds overweight, but the commission will give him another two hours to make the weight. So now he's lost about, you know, 16 pounds. Uh, he has to weigh in at 205. He's probably like around 209, and uh, he's got to lose another four pounds. The commission says, okay, we'll give you another two hours to try to cut the next four pounds before we eliminate you from the fight for, you know, not being able to make the weight. You know, he can definitely do it. Uh, he continues to complain, and Chuck is frustrated with him, understandably so. He has the opportunity of a lifetime, and he only has to cut four more pounds. He's lucky the commission is giving him another two hours to make the weight. He better not blow it. Yeah, so, I mean... This is a professional fight league, um, you know, and, and they're, they're still, you know, letting him get a couple more hours to cut weight. So he's very lucky. He better not lose this opportunity. Bobby complains and asks Dana if he can let him fight four pounds overweight. And Randy and Loden talk about it. If I were Loden, I would say hell no. That's a free win. Another free guaranteed week on the, t on the show to get TV coverage, you know, on a TV show. And it also is disrespectful to the other fighter by not making weight. So, you know, Loden, Loden did his job. He made weight, you know, regardless of whether it's more difficult or more easy for him to make weight than Bobby Southworth. It doesn't matter. You know what you signed up for. You knew that you were fighting at 205 pounds and, and Loden did his job. So if I was Loden, I would say, hell no, I'm not fighting this guy if he's overweight. That's a free win for me. 
That's a you know a free advancement for my team in the competition. That's another week on the show where I can get TV coverage, you know, free national TV coverage, and probably a little bit more money in my pockets and get my name a little bit more out there. If I was loading, I would say hell no. Loden and Randy agree if he can't make weight, he should forfeit the fight. Uh, Bobby is three pounds over. He has two hours to make the weight or he will be forced to forfeit. Dana asks Bobby if he will make the weight or quit. And Bobby decides to try to make the weight. So I, I do respect him for that because, you know, from our perspective, it's like, oh, this guy's such a bum. You know, why can't he lose four pounds? But this guy just lost 16 pounds. He might be putting his body through absolute hell. You know what I mean? This guy might be feeling, this guy might feel extremely sick. So it's it's easy for us to judge from the outside. But maybe cutting that extra two pounds is extremely brutal. Maybe he feels like he's going to pass out. Maybe he feels sick to his stomach. You know what I mean? I mean, it's easy for us to judge him on TV. I mean, he does have the opportunity of a lifetime. And if he doesn't make weight, I mean, he's really going to screw himself. So I I try to look at things, like I said, over and over. I I try to look at things from all different perspectives. You know what I mean? Josh and Chuck Liddell agree they will uh, lock Bobby in the sauna. If they have to, Josh literally draw. Uh, Josh literally drags Bobby into the sauna. Chuck is annoyed with Bobby, rightfully so. Dana White says a Nevada commission allows you to be one pound over to give you the benefit of the doubt if something is wrong with the scale. So that, that's pretty cool too. So he can weigh in actually at two hundred six pounds, because you know they they give people the benefit of the doubt. Maybe something was wrong with the scale or something like that. Maybe maybe the scale that you were looking at when you were cutting weight was a little bit different. So that, that's pretty cool that the commission allows you to be one pound over. I, I kind of like that. Bobby weighs in at 206 pounds and makes the weight. So he got very lucky. He finally made the weight. Um, and that's another thing too. This is a part of the show where I started to like Josh Koscheck a little bit more too, because Josh Koscheck's, you know, character started displaying a little bit more on the show. Like he's helping his teammate cut weight. He's the one who's really pushing Chuck. Uh, he's, re- he's the one that's really pushing Bobby Southworth to his limits. And I mean, Chuck Liddell's definitely pushing him too, but you know, Chuck Liddell's getting pissed off with him. And, and Josh Koscheck is the one who's really, you know, pushing Bobby Southworth to make this weight. He's the one that's dragging him in the sauna and, you know, blocking the door and making sure he doesn't get out of the sauna. You know, Josh Koscheck is the one that's really helping his teammate in this situation. This is where I started to become more of a fan of Josh Koscheck. Bobby drinks capfuls of water, slowly rehydrating himself. Some people immediately start chugging water after making weight. Uh, more than anything, Bobby needs to re- re- excuse me. Bobby needs to replenish his electrolytes. Electrolytes are taken out of your body when you sweat. Uh, minerals like sodium, potassium, and calcium. That's why they invented Gatorade. You know, so a lot, a lot of people don't know that. I know the show's not about Gatorade, but just a little bit of background information. Uh, you know, they, they, they needed to invent a drink that will rehydrate your body. You know, if you've been sweating, if you've been working out hard and you drink water, uh, you'll notice immediately that you're not, you know, you're not going to feel hundred percent. You've lost a lot of sweat. You've lost a lot of potassium, you know, a lot of calcium and things like that. You have to replenish those minerals in your body. So that's why they made Gatorade. And that's when, uh, you know, sports started advancing more and, and realizing you have to rehydrate with more than just water. Dana explains they have they have to make uh, excuse me. Dana explains they have the weigh-ins the day before the fight, so you can be hydrated and ready to fight the next day. Uh, cutting weight is the most controversial and dangerous part of the combat sports. They have gotten more strict about how much weight a person can cut. If they find out and they ban, you know, if they find out that you're using uh, IVs to rehydrate after a fight, you know, they'll they'll sus- they'll suspend the fight. They'll forfeit the fight. 
Uh, I'm not sure if that's a good or a bad thing because people will still, you know, cut weight regardless if they're allowed to use an IV or not. So th that's what I was saying earlier. I'm, I'm not really sure if it's a good thing or if it's a bad thing if they enforce a lot of these, you know, weight cutting policies because it just means people are going to try harder to cut weight. And uh, if they have to sneak things around, it actually might be more unhealthy for them. You know what I mean? You know, maybe the IV is actually a good thing. Maybe it helps them rehydrate quicker so they don't get sick. Um, you know, they're still going to try to cut weight regardless of whether or not they can use the IV to hydrate or not. You know what I mean? So I'm not sure if it's a good thing or if it's a bad thing. I think it's just kind of the nature of the sport, unfortunately. If they really want to make um, they really want to make it you know, easier for people to cut weight, they should just make more weight classes like in boxing. They have weight classes that are, you know, every five pounds in certain leagues and things like that. That's the best way to combat, you know, cutting too much weight is to just make more weight classes. Um, that's just my opinion. There's a big push right now to create a 165-pound division in the UFC because the weight division skips from 155 pounds to 170 to 185 pounds. Many feel this gap at 165 will be easier for fighters to make weight. Uh, the doctor of the Nevada Athletic Commission checks out Bobby after cutting 20 pounds and says he is okay to fight. Uh, she checked his blood pressure and his pulse sitting down and while standing up to see if there was a drop. I guess that is how they check to see if you are dehydrated, to see if there is a ch uh, change in your pulse or blood pressure after standing up and sitting down. And Bobby feels Loden was being, excuse me, Bobby feels Loden was betting on Bobby to not make weight so he could not, ha you know, so he could have an easy pass to, you know, move to the next level of the competition. The awkward part about the situation is that Loden and Bobby have to see each other and live in the same house the day before they fight. Uh, Loden talks about how the atmosphere changes from being lighthearted and joking to tense and aggressive and ready to fight. So, yeah, that, that, that's the thing that's kind of weird about the show, too. You have two rival teams living in the same house. They're all living next to each other. You know, they start to develop a little bit of that, you know, that pack mentality, that teammate mentality where they're, you know, the rivals to each other. And on top of that, they're fighting each other. So can you imagine you're ready to inflict severe damage on this guy in the ring? And you have to see him in the house the day before the fight. You know what I mean? If anybody who's ever been in a fight before, before you fight, you get a lot of butterflies in your stomach. You get really nervous about the situation. And uh, you don't know what's going to happen next. So these guys are getting a lot of butterflies in their stomach and they're living right next to each other. So it's just, it's just a kind of a tense situation. Loden talks about how the atmosphere... Okay, I already said that. I apologize. So, Bobby feels Loden does not want to fight. You know, that's the other thing that's kind of cheesy about the show, too. They, they do these little, you know, 15-second clips where they go back and forth with the two men that are fighting. And, you know, one guy will say something like, I'm, I'm ready to fight. I've never felt this determined in my life. I'm not going to back down. And then the next guy says the same thing on the interview, like, well, I'm going to win this fight. No, he, he I'm going to win this fight. No, he's going to win this fight. And they just go back and forth with each other. And it's just, it's a little bit tacky, but... They're just trying to build up the anticipation, the anticipation for the fight, and make the fight exciting. So I, I kind of understand why they do that. They have to make the fight exciting. They have to sell the fight. But there's a lot of you know trash talk, and they pretty much say the same thing. You know, Bobby feels Loden does not want to fight. Loden says he had a rough upbringing, and he has been in tenser situations in his life. Um, Loden talks about the nervous energy he has before a fight. Dana White tells the fighters at the last minute 
if they win by a knockout or submission, they win a $5,000 bonus. So that's pretty cool. And I like how they played that up. You know what I mean? Because you have to remember, a lot, a lot of these guys are very broke. You know what I mean? They, they gave up everything to be on the show. Like Loden said, he doesn't have a house. He doesn't have a car. If he gets kicked off the show, he's going home to pretty much nothing. So that gives these guys a huge motivational push. You know, can you imagine not having a house or a car or anything to go home to if you lose this competition on the show and you get kicked off the show? And then, the, you know, the president of the show comes out and says, oh, by the way, if you win this uh, fight by knockout or submission, uh, you get a $5,000 bonus. So that, that, that gives them a little bit of an extra motivation. And $5,000 doesn't seem like a lot of money. But when you're really broke and you're down like that, $5,000 is, is a tremendous amount of money. Dana White tells the fighters at the last minute, if they win by knockout or submission, they win a $5,000 bonus. I think that's pretty cool. Uh, Dana White says this because he ha was he wants to see a clear-cut winner. So he's basically giving them motivation to say, look, guys, I want a winner in this fight. And that's the other thing I want to emphasize, too. Earlier in this competition, the fights are only uh, two rounds. You know, most UFC fights are three rounds. So they, they, sh they, they shorten the rounds to two rounds because they just want nonstop action. They want somebody to get knocked out. They want somebody to get submitted. They want somebody to get TKO'd. They want to see a lot of extreme violence in a very short period of time. So that's why they're doing that. It's hard for me to predict who is going to win the fight because I've never seen either of them fight before. Bobby complains a lot and would not have uh, made weight if it wasn't for his teammates. However, the same could be said for a lot of professional fighters who use their trainers and partners to cut weight. So, you know, looking from the outside in, you know, you see Bobby Southworth, he's complaining the whole time while he's making weight. Um, you know, his, his coaches are literally locking him. His coaches and his teammates are literally locking him in the sauna and, you know, pushing him, saying, you know, stay in the sauna for another 10 minutes. Don't come out for another 10 minutes. They're literally dragging him into the sauna. And, um, you know, for a lot of people, they would say, oh, well, that, that's not really him. You know, that's his coaches pushing him and that's his teammates pushing him. But that's the same situation for a lot of people cutting weight, I'm sure. A lot of people probably struggle to make weight and they won't make weight if their their teammates don't help them make weight. So that really doesn't mean much to me. Uh, you know, you know, Bobby complains a lot while Loden has a drinking problem. So they both have their own, you know, they only have, they both have their problems on the show. Uh, based off of that information alone, I can't tell you who's going to win and who's going to lose. I need more information on the background of their fighting style to tell you who's going to win. So they, they did a good job of playing up the situation. You know, the, the people on the show, I mean, the, the fans that are watching the show, we really have no idea who's the better fighter. We don't know who has the advantages where. So they, they did a really good job of playing that up. It, it builds up more anticipation for the fight. It keeps the fans curious about who's going to win. So I, I think they did a good job with that. Bobby Southworth is 34 years old with a record of 8-3. He's 6'2", and he's from San Jose, California. The octagon is absolutely huge. And Loden uh, Sincade walks into the ring with his stats showing he is 31 years old with a record of 16-3, and, and he's 5'9", 202 and 5 202.5 pounds out of North Hollywood, California. The fight will only be 20, uh, two five-minute rounds. If it is tied after two rounds, the fight will go until sudden victory. The fight will be decided by the last round. The fight starts off and Bobby looks significantly bigger. You know what? Actually, I I'm going to end the podcast right there because I don't want to leave the, 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 you know, the listeners guessing as to who's going to win the fight and who's going to lose the fight. So we'll just end the podcast right here and we'll, we'll start a, a second segment so you guys don't miss any of the action of the fight.